Welcome back to Savage Beast. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher, uh, and with me, just like last night, it's Paul McLeod. This is our first uh, back-to-back nights. It's a it's a big moment in our relationship. <laughs> we probably we probably had back-to-back nights when uh, you, we fucked it up early on. Like yeah, like eight times early on. Yes. That's probably true. Yes, um, but yes, momentous times. Moving in together is next. Um, mm-hmm. uh, these intimate podcast details aside, uh, it's part two of our close, uh, analysis of stoned <laughs> listening. Yes. Through the medium of stoned playlists. Um, yes. Yes. La- uh, this, the last night was the inhale and this night is the exhale. That's that's not bad. Sure. Um, all right, Joe. It's your playlist this time. Yeah. Uh, we're we're again. You made this to blow my mind while I was not in my right mind. So, yes. Yes. And and uh, uh, I'll say I'll just set it up by saying that uh, my approach to it, other than trying to blow your mind, was across the four tracks. I was trying to capture. Uh, a different primary aspect of the mm. high listening experience and find a song that was a good touch point for discussing that. So we'll with each of them. That's like some, that's like some postmodern shit, man. Yeah. Or some just overly academic. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, oh, is that, is that not what postmodern means? I, that's what I've been thinking all these years. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> just lots of people. Just, lots of people uh, just got burned. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I uh, Thomas Pynchon absolutely scorched. <laughs> I actually need to read some Thomas Pynchon. I never have, and uh, I have several heroes who like him, so I need to do it. Crying of anyway. lot. Crying of lot. Uh, a lot 49 is will take you like two days and it rules. Yeah. Yes. I'm, um, I'm resisting making a joke about how they ma- He wrote 49 of those books, but you know, they were, it's, it's been done. Let's go on. Um, it, it doesn't even work. Cause like cry, the crying of lot is like barely anyway. Um, <laughs> it's not really, I mean, I guess it's kind of a biblical title, maybe a shitty, but Let's, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's analyze sa- this joke I didn't make. We sound um, high. We sound high now. <laughs> totally. Um, uh, the 
um, uh, okay. So <laughs> your playlist. It's yeah, with. my playlist. Hold on, my wife just showed up to to get oh. some water. I can't I can't podcast while she's in the room. <laughs> Does she know <laughs> that she's dope as she's, hell? She's gone. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but yes, yes, I she does know that. Um, okay, I'll, uh, she will know that when she hears this podcast. <laughs> My wife won't know that because she will never hear this podcast. Alex will listen. To, well, she'll know it like a month from now when she catches up. But that's okay. okay. Well, that'll be five months before I find out about it. Uh, um. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so uh, we do sound high, uh, but my playlist. Uh, let's get into it. I'm excited. Uh, it's some fun songs. It's all songs that I really enjoy. Stoned or not, I'm ready to talk about them. And first, mm. uh, we have uh, from Philip Glass's opera, post- postmodern, maybe postmodern opera, um, Einstein, Einstein on the beach. Uh, we have Knee Play Five. have it uh the beginning of knee play five by philip glass um uh from the five hour long opera uh einstein on the beach um that has no intermissions um <laughs> god but you can get up and leave whenever you want apparently yes um uh that and that clip uh it uh uh the song's underpinning is the uh rhythmic counting um done by the chorus we'll say it's a chorus um it uh uh did not get to either of the two dopest dopest doper and dopest moments um mm-hmm. when the voices reading number one when the voices reading the, the the other texts um start uh counting along to some of the numbers uh mm-hmm. that uh that's cool as hell um, and then for the last, I would say, uh, quarter of the song, um, the synthesizer uh, dies and is replaced by uh, a beautiful violin movement uh, that hits first with a relief of the tension uh, from the counting and then uh, with a dramatic urgency um, that, mm-hmm. the, that there's some truth coming um, with a... Uh, rather bombastic uh, love story being read atop it, um, which is uh, uh, b- uh, fun and weird and uh, a bit 70s. Um, <laughs> and I just, I picked this because it's, it's, it's weird and it's deep. And that's, those are the two, you know, I think that's a good thing to listen to when you're stoned, uh, whether you're listening to music or watching a, a, a weird ass movie, um, really gets your mind going and, uh, kind of in a new direction that you haven't been before. Um, and this happens to also be a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, I jumped into this. I, 
um, know who Philip Glass is. I know what his music is like. I had never listened to this or any other part of Einstein on the Beach. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. And uh, uh, you you were one for one immediately on the mind-blowing part of this. <laughs> because I didn't realize that this sort of like uh, postmodern horse shit was the kind of thing that really turned me on when I'm stoned. Um, but it turns out that it does work pretty well for me. Yeah, so it, like you said, it starts with the counting. And that definitely is the kind of thing that like if you're real blazed... Um, done especially in the like just off-putting enough way he mixes and matches the numbers and the sequences of them and like Mm -hmm. you said some of it gets doubled later on very trippy and as you said the the violin when it comes in um is just sort of uh there's a lot of tension uh, again as you said built up by all this sort of chanting before it and it really uh, just sort of like opens a gentle slit down your soul and lets it sort of leak out um, as soon as this uh, really uncomplicatedly beautiful uh, violin solo piece comes in that um, I, you know, that's kind of my favorite thing that avant-garde stuff can do is when it, uh, it withholds uh, traditional uh pleasures from you and then suddenly it gives you one almost unadulterated and it's really perfect so uh well done uh yes i'm very glad you had not heard any of this before so that you got that element of surprise that's fun um certainly Mm -hmm. the first time i heard this i was uh listening to some other people and i had to i had to stop and be like what's going on and go back and and listen to it (laughs) by myself yeah i think i was listening to knee play one which is more just the counting with some other elements okay um in my in my research i read that knee play two is uh uh a passage that philip glass and the the violin soloist he preferred at one point or another toured a lot and they always played knee play two so after this podcast i'm going to go listen to knee play two uh, yeah, and I think you know when when you get into this postmodern horseshit, uh, you you realize that that like almost every um, artistic movement, that when you get a true genius of the form, it it doesn't really matter. It just becomes a yeah. a, a a thing of moving beauty, um, whatever the uh, current purpose is um of the the group they're hanging out with and doing drugs with (laughs) (laughs) exactly i i would hazard uh, a hypothesis or a stylized formulation that i'm sure can't be true but it seems like it's worth saying as at least a a resolution to be argued um that what you're looking for or just means nothing is um uh Somebody who has mastered his form rather than being mastered by it. I feel very Phil Marcunis saying that. Mm. But um. <laughs> Phil, Phil basically said something like that to me like two weeks ago when we were drinking together. So <laughs> Yes, that's exactly how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. Um, yeah. Then he explained to me how a samurai has a horse and a group. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm mystified. Um, um, okay, okay. So next uh, we have Purity Ring with Obadir.
Okay, that was uh, Canadian duo Purity Ring, um, made up of Megan James and producer Corin Roddick. Um, I'd like to see one dance duo sometime where the producer is the lady and the singer is the dude. I agree. I'm pretty sure that's never happened. I'm, I'm into that. I would be very into that. Uh, I would actually be into that, like non-facetiously. That would be probably be pretty good yeah uh but that is not the current uh epic epoch (laughs) that we are in (laughs) again i sound stoned i'm not you kind of do uh so i picked this um well, I'll, there are several reasons I picked it. Um, to to the uh, the overarching um, theme of this particular selection was the beat. Uh, I wanted a song mm. on there where you could. Um, I think that you know the think of the first two tracks on your EP um, where you know just you're just really being moved by um, uh, by moved by the rhythms uh, and the the. Um, your innate need to dance um (laughs) and uh uh i i had listened to this album um stoned recently because i brought the vinyl um a long time ago at a uh purity ring concert um uh and never really had a chance to listen to it until i got my brand new record player and i was surprised not only did it hold up but it was uh better than i expected when i was stoned the sounds were outstanding um that's always and, great when that happens and uh corn Roddick, if you see them in concert um at least for this tour he plays a custom-made instrument that he hits different parts of it to get these sounds and different like giant lanterns light up uh hmm I don't know how much of it is a natural product of the instrument or it's just, you know, kind of a, a show and tell. I mean, and really when you have digital sounds, anything can be your keyboard. Um, so uh, if you have something programmed behind it, but it's still uh, excellent. Um, again, I was stoned when I saw this, so it was very cool. Um, so... Yes, but it was probably of my four selections the one that I just wanted a good solid middle of the road stone track that you just you just get into. Um this is this to me is kind of the baseline for what makes a good uh cloudy listening ses- session. <laughs> baseline so to speak. Um the uh the yeah this actually definitely worked for me uh here i definitely was familiar with purity ring but i never had as deep a relationship with them as you have had um and uh but when it came on uh i think what really works immediately in the stone context is the pristine uh drum sounds mm-hmm. the little finger snap snares and the claps um and of course then the thick low end bass uh and then on top of that you just have like really catchy little dance melody things going on both synth wise and vocally um so i don't know uh it's it's i have nothing more to add about how well this works uh in a stone context um those things are all good and uh i think you know going back to what we said yesterday the um, the fact that you have several different elements all mixed together in a very clean, precisely separated way in, you know, this sort of like ultra sleek dance music is uh, definitely lends itself well to that feeling of I'm listening to all the details at once. And you feel like you're galactic braining this listening yes. experience. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. The galactic um, brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really the meme of our times if you ask me but that's a subject for another day i agree um, although the although i think the um the is it the pawn star guys yelling at each other uh that's good is, is yes but it's not quite as as all 
it's not quite as applicable to every situation as the yeah it's not quite yeah quite the skeleton key to all american affairs as the galactic brain is (laughs) um (laughs) Um, uh i i will say that when it comes to to listening uh when it comes to getting stoned and listening to something with a good beat uh i'm i remember uh, a time when we were at the grand canyon and it was raining uh, and we were sitting in your Isusu, um, uh-huh. and, and uh, <laughs> we got stoned and listened to um, uh, uh, Doom and Mad Villain. Um, yes. And, uh, you yes. know, I never listened to the entire album through. Uh, and that was a that was a transformative experience. I actually just bought that album on vinyl and it all goes oh, back to that. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it all goes back to that stoned uh uh, experience. Um, yeah, we, uh, we hot boxed the fuck out of that Isuzu. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also it had a nice subwoofer in it. So everything worked out. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I don't have a follow-up point. I agree with everything. Yes. I don't, but I didn't, I thought mad villain would be too on the nose for, um, too on the nose and yeah. too much something I've listened to too many times. Um, Although I guess our next track um, transcended that issue. Yes, yes. Although, well, we'll get into it. Um, so next, yeah. uh, by the Smashing Pumpkins, we have "Set the Ray to Jerry." beautiful song uh from the airplane flies high box set 1979 single um uh the title apparently some joke about darcy's uncle's or stepdad's terrible temper um uh in the way that billy regards such things as jokes um uh and a song that's been uh that the pumpkins uh first uh created demos for during uh siamese dream um of a much more rocking vein um, before Mm. they uh, finally recorded a finished version for Melancholy. uh, This beautiful, um, uh, just absolute gem of the Pumpkins catalog. Um, And uh, the story that Billy tells is that, that he and Flood, Melancholy's producer drove around Chicago listening to the masters of everything they'd recorded, deciding what's to go on the album. And that when they heard this, um, Billy was like, yes, yes. And he looked at flood and flood shook his head. No. Um, and I think flood was wrong, but, um, you know, things are what they are. Um, and, uh, this is, has its place as, um, one of the three best Smashing Pumpkins B-sides, uh, if not the best. Um, we'll get into that. <laughs> How have we record. not done a Smashing Pumpkins B-sides draft? I mean, oh, I mean the Smashing Pumpkins draft is coming. It's coming. Um, yeah. Episode 100. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so I picked this, um, you know, uh, galactic brain you're hearing your favorite song in a new way you're understanding why you uh love it i thought this was absolutely essential because um 
Um, it's it's happened to me several times with albums that I love. Um, recently, when we listened to um, uh, OK Computer for the 20th anniversary, I'd never really gotten super stoned to just sat down and listen to it while doing nothing else. And I was totally blown away by the level of detail and all the, uh, you know, tiny sounds that they had mastered for it. Um, and I thought that this was a good example for it because not only did it have that, not only does it have this, you know, elegant uh, bass and the flang- flanger and phaser on the guitar, um, the one single guitar I always, line. I always said flanger, but I flanger. guess I don't actually know that. I think, I think you could be right. Um, and I think you are right. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some cool, cool ass Billy lyrics. Uh, and then it also, I mean, I think a lot of times when you're stoned and you listen to a song like this, there's a, there's sort of this overwhelming nostalgia. And, uh, for me, um, you know, an emotional reaction to the other times in my life when I was listening to the song and that can be kind of cool. It'd be kind of go, to reach back to that time and kind of hear the way you liked a song then, um, as opposed to now it's, it's cool to like build that, that little tunnel. Um, yeah. And, and go back there. Yeah. I found, um, so when I saw this on your list, I was like, Whoa, ballsy putting a song he knows I already know and love on this list. (laughs) Um, and, um, uh, but I hadn't, you know, like I don't go back to my high school favorites that I think about all the time and actually listen to them that mm-hmm. much. Um, just because like a lot of those songs I just killed, um, yeah, right. by listening too many times. Um, because we had, we had to listen to music on these plastic discs that spun around and you had to physically have this thing that costs a lot of money. Um, and so you didn't have that much music, but, um, uh, so I was, I was, you know, just grooving to the playlist. I knew this was coming, obviously, because I'd seen the playlist before I listened to it. Um, and when it came on, um, you know, obviously I know the song inside and out. But uh, what was interesting is that while I remembered all the details, mostly, um, uh, my mature perspective on the song uh, emphasized a lot of different things. Or maybe my stone perspective. Um, but, uh, you know, first of all, um, you hear stories about Billy, like, um, editing together the vocal take for, that's for zero that's on the album by, like, taking, like, syllable by syllable from different takes or some shit um, yes. to stitch together the perfect uh, version of it. And you can definitely tell that this is a B-side because uh, in contrast to his other vocal parts on the album, like, he's definitely sort of like just being Billy, the, you know, uh, one take Billy is a mediocre singer. Let's put it that way. Just in a technical sense. Um, and you can hear that, uh, or I hear that now, you know, that I just have more attention to those details. So one Mm -hmm. thought was, oh man, if it made the album, we, it actually would be cool to hear the ultra produced version of this song. Mm -hmm. Um, two, um, you know, the bass and the spacey guitar part, are excellent uh, but they sort of start and end at the same place um, for the most part and uh, for the first time I really appreciated like I've always loved Jimmy's drumming on this track yeah particularly the one lone open hi-hat he drops in the middle of like a the second or third verse I forget which number it is the third one third one yeah 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 always been a big like top top 20 smashing pumpkins moment for me which is a completely stupid thing but I lo- I loved it um, but I didn't realize how much the entire song depends on an incredibly dynamic performance from him from start to finish in that uh, the entire dramatic arc of the song building from low to crescendo is pretty much just Jimmy. Like Billy's singing about the same way throughout the guitar part doesn't change at all. The bass uh, stays pretty steady. But by the end of the song, Jimmy is fucking rocking out on his drum kit and I too mirrored his rocking out as I sat in my desk chair uh, listening to this track the other night um, while stoned out of my mind. And uh, uh, it became 
a physical experience um, in the way that uh, that is best for enjoying great music. So um, an inspired choice and yes. uh, daring, daring and successful, <laughs> I should say. Um, yeah, no, I love that description of how the dramatic arc uh, is is in the drums in this song. And there's just, mm-hmm. you know, Billy and Flood do their thing to create atmosphere and get a grab a really nice guitar tone. But there's not that wankery going on. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think one of that, the, the nice parts of that is that for this song, you really get the melancholy, um, like pure melancholy experience. It's almost like it doesn't have any of the showmanship on top of it. I mean, other than, you know, it just has that, you know, the fact that Jimmy is like the best drummer in alternative rock and these mm-hmm. really cool sounds and like Billy's like, uh, you know, odd, but, um, captivating singing. Um, yeah. 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 I did not mean to suggest that Billy is a bad singer, just not a technically precise. Singer, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, the, the, I think again, and also the one, you know, the fact that it feels like closer to a live performance is, um, yeah. really compelling. And so, the Siamese Dream Era demos, are they like on the mashed potatoes box set or some shit? Have you heard them? Yeah, actually, I first heard them because uh, when I was going to college in D.C., um, I uh, uh, the demos called Quiet and Other Songs for Siamese Dream for copyright purposes are stored in the library of Congress. So I actually requested to listen to them and went to Hmm. the library of Congress's archives to, uh, listen to these demos that, um, uh, probably, you know, only, I don't know, probably less than a dozen fans had done. I don't know. I mean, just a few people had done this at this point. So for a brief, for a brief period, um, I was talking to other uh, pumpkins, you know, ultra fans about it. Um, And then a few uh, uh, years later, that whole set of demos got leaked um, because um, it didn't surprise me because when you go to the Library of Congress and listen to them, uh, you're listening to them alone in a room full of very expensive stereo equipment, um, (laughs) which uh, anyone could easily copy (laughs) what you were listening to onto a tape and then walk out with it. So I was not surprised. Um, But anyway, uh, it was just sort of heavy Siamese dream guitar, but in the least produced sense possible. So um, a novelty. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, great song. Uh, Definitely better than like half the songs on Melancholy. But um, yeah, we still got to listen to it. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm okay. Not even, yes. <laughs> that was me letting all these melancholy comments, you know, kind of fly by. Wave yeah, you had to just sort of like be back. breathe them out yes. rather than saying them. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> we got to fill it. We got to make sure this spots as long as the other one. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, the final track uh, is... Um, Song for Athene, uh, composed, uh, f- a choral piece composed by John Tavener. That was Song for Athene, uh, composed by John Tavener, um, a uh, 
British composer who died recently um, and uh, who converted to the Russian Orthodox Church in 1977 and created uh, a lot of beautiful, spiritual, mystical Christian works. Um, and I think uh, gained a, a fair bit of fame in the UK um, for his stuff. I'm not sure that he was known as well known uh, here in the US. I mean, you know, what classical composers are well known in the US um, yeah. uh, <laughs> other than Philip Glass? I don't know. Um, <laughs> is there a classical composer equivalent to like uh, Thomas Kincaid is for painting? Like, the painting that idiots think is high art. Um, John Tesh? I was going to say, like, maybe, like, uh, uh, John Williams, who, you know, the movie soundtrack guy. John Williams um, is a lot better than Thomas Kincaid, Thomas, though. You're right. John you're Williams right. has a lot of <laughs> redeeming factors. I mean, hey, the theme to Jurassic Park owns. Um, yeah. Um, and did he do Star Wars? Oh, Star yeah. Star Wars owns, too. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not a good comparison. I'm um, sorry, the, John Williams. But I should say that is a good point that there are some very famous classical composers here in the U.S. Um, yeah. uh, because there are movies. Um, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so I I selected this song um, because uh, it, I just wrote uh, "Divine Moments." Um, there, as we heard the opening. Uh, of song for Athene, which kind of sets a, um, you know, just it slowly builds from that throughout the entire piece um, to this just glorious release um, that's kind of in in two parts uh, at the end, and it's it's indescribable except that it kind of like gives me the shivers to think about um and is something that i haven't listened to too frequently because that's definitely a moment that i don't want to grow too accustomed to um mm -hmm. uh because i i i really do enjoy the the revelation there um and uh i think uh, you know when you're uh deep deep in the cannabis the cannaboids um, Deep you, in the shit. You know, those moments can hit particularly hard. Um, and whether it's it's true, it's truly a moment where you connect to the world or it's simply an inflating of your own head, uh, it certainly feels nice uh, to kind of um, have that uh, moment of, of connectedness and peace and um just understanding of like you know it's good to be, it's good to be alive um or however however that you know those moments um you know play for you just something that's like you, you understand something bigger than yourself um and uh or you understand something big about yourself um revelation perhaps is a better a better term for it um and uh yeah and i just think that uh that the moment at the end of the song completely owns <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um so this is beautiful music uh totally gorgeous all vocal uh which always uh is great uh the orthodox church is clearly the coolest of the christian churches there's no question <laughs> um all of that is uh it has going for it I, well, I well, I found this music beautiful and a fitting come down mm -hmm. at the end of your music or at the end of your playlist. I have yet to see reach these highest level of shivers that I think uh, you have experienced with this music, which is in no way uh, a mark against you or the music. Um, just that uh, that kind of moment is super special and definitely one of the the chief um, pleasures of getting high and listening to music is uh reaching that state but you know it's uh it's a divine revelation that only comes to some through certain channels and um uh yeah it's gonna I be different one day to it's gonna be yeah. different for everyone for sure yeah i hope one day to reach that state with this piece of music as i have with others because yes. i believe it could get me there um definitely uh you know i uh uh, this outmatches my ability to describe technically what's going on other than that it is um, uh, 
<laughs> both mournful and beautiful. Um, and uh, uh, great, great selection. And like I said, um, you know, uh, I would say in conclusion or, or, you know, to sum up your list, when I finished it, I, I, my stoned thought was that you had crushed me in this competition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that you clearly had a plan the whole time. I think partially this was because, I, I forgot to say this during the Knee Play 5 discussion, but um, that uh, about, you know, two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through that piece, after the violin had come in, I decided this was easily the most... Uh, the most sophisticated piece of art or, you know, a more sophisticated piece of art than any of the songs I put in my list. <laughs> and um, uh, that this was one of the most amazing things I'd ever heard. And uh, you had, you had uh, won um, as any man ought to seek to do in this kind of competition. But um, uh, that said, um while that experience was profound and true at the time, it's definitely uh, at least one more thing worth noting about the high listening experience is that the shock and awe of the first time you have that experience with a particular thing um, is beautiful and powerful, but uh, it's hard to reproduce uh, except with a new stimulus Mm -hmm. um, because uh, once you're used to it a little bit, you know, sometimes you can get back there, but a lot of times you sort of set yourself up for it and it doesn't quite come off. Um, so uh, whatever the case, um, you picked good things to uh, to produce the full effect the first time around. Um, so well done to you. Thank you. I mean, that's that's all I could could hope for. I, I hope that they were had that element of surprise and uh, absolutely that they would impress. Um, so I'm glad to hear it. Um, and I think that not to, you shouldn't undersell your own collection. Um, it was, <laughs> it was a diff- I, this was, That was my stoned reaction to yes. the whole situation. Um, <laughs> your, your take on the challenge was different, but um, mm-hmm. it seemed to come from a more natural uh, place than my sort of like, I feel like I really went for it. Um, and you really picked songs that you like loved that fit together really well. So it was like a, it was a, it was a cohesive experience. Uh, and that, uh, that worked. I was stoned. I loved it. Um, <laughs> I, I totally agree that like you can't, even with these songs that I, I picked for you, like the first time you hear them stoned, you know, there were different circumstances that those would, those are probably going to be the best times um, unless they mm-hmm. were, unless there happened to be some mitigating factor that, um, you know, leads to a, a later, uh, better listening. Them, you know, just as I was saying with like oh, that, you know, listening to OK Computer, I, I know that while that, that experience was great and even, you know, probably rekindled some of my, some of my youthful appreciation of the, of, of the album or the youthful ways I appreciated it and made the songs fresher again. I know if I go back and listen to it stoned, like it, it's going to be a long time. Like I'd have to wait like 10 years or something, yeah. you know, to, to really like get that effect again. I just know it's coming and, and yeah, you'd have to try something new and, and it doesn't always work. Yeah. You know, I wonder like, do you think people just like murder songs like we used to in the nineties by listening to them a million times now that they have access to all the songs? Or do you think people are so hidebound and willing to put something on repeat that they still do it. You know, like they are like, oh, I love the new Katy Perry. And they listen to it 25 times in a row and then they never listen to it again. I don't know. What are the, uh, I, w- I just wonder how the youth are doing. Anecdotally. I mean, I think that a 24 year old still gets obsessed with a song and like listens to it every day for an entire summer and then yeah. moves on. Um, as I certainly did. I, I do think that, yeah, you don't, Oh, only own five CDs anymore. So, or like five CDs that you're obsessed with and you you do have access. So you can expand, but I'm not sure that everybody does. Yeah. But it's, it'd be interesting to know what Joe and Paul are doing. Yeah. Right now. The like 17 year old version. Are they just absolutely murdering Kendrick and car seat headrest rest forever? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, my son is 10, yours is one. Soon enough, 
we will yes. know these things. One point five. Uh, so we so we've we've gone through eight uh, stoned tracks. Do you have deep thoughts? We should take a break and get stoned here, but uh, it's Monday. <laughs> and oh, you, and you have to drive Joe. to California tomorrow, <laughs> Joe. I am on vacation as of the end of this podcast. I'm getting uh, stoned as fuck after this. That's um, true. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'm unemployed, so I mean, I can get stoned at any time, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. very dangerous. <laughs> you were already on vacation. Um, and yes, that is dangerous. I, I think I got my deep thoughts out. Like I've been uh, spitting them out as we go. Just to reiterate what we said yesterday, stoned music. Uh, I guess my only last thought is, I love it so much, listening to mu- great music while stoned, that sometimes it prevents me from listening to great music while not stoned. And that's probably a mistake, um, because I, I have this weird fetish for having the best of all possible things. Um, so I don't want to... Uh, I, I, letting the perfect be the enemy of the good is like what I do. That's a, mis- a pitfall I uh, am susceptible to stepping into. Um, hopefully the rest of you out there uh, just don't do drugs. They're not good for you. I don't know. <laughs> I do probably listen to a lot less music stoned than you do. Um, it's it's a less... Uh, I, just I don't know that that's true, actually. I listen to podcasts when I'm stoned more than anything. But um. <laughs> um, well, I, I go through phases, but yeah, this, it's... Um, um, which, yeah. Yeah, we can... Um, this is, this is because Would you like to confess any murders on this podcast uh, or like any bank fraud schemes? Yeah, I've been running, you know, a multi-level marketing thing and I'm going to Ponzi scheme. It's going to blow up. But go on. I did. Um, I did leak the pumpkins d- demos. Illegal. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> from the Library of Congress. You yeah. monster. That would be a felon. <laughs> our friend Taylor, a felony. Our friend Taylor would be very mad. Um, oh, so pissed. <laughs> he's still mad about the National Park. I won't say what goes. I'll just say he's still mad about the national park. Um, <laughs> Phil, defe- Phil defended you. Phil defended you um, and your thrill-seeking behaviors. Um, oh man, I love it. This is this is. If I had known how mad he would still be about this, I would have stolen more things. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know my final my final thought about getting stoned and listening to music is to do it. I mean, it, it rules. And I I don't think there's something inherently wrong or I kind of went into it with the idea that, you know, Oh, this is artificial or, um, you know, I'm, uh, the music's not going to be as, you know, it's going to seem cool, but I'm just like, I'm just fucked up. But what does that even mean? I mean, like that there's no, why does that reality matter more or less i mean it and as we've certainly done two podcasts based on our observations when we were stoned and listening to music it obviously has a meaningful and lasting um effects on our opinions of music and our knowledge of our favorite artists so um it's worth doing i mean obviously don't do drugs if you don't like them but if you um um don't don't be afraid to explore music uh when yeah. you're high as balls <laughs> yeah i mean i guess uh to answer your question of why that would be less valid i mean uh certainly there are some things that seem great when you're stoned that your more considered judgment um just uh appreciates that maybe you weren't having as deep or sophisticated an experience as you could like like if you're stoned that fucking arby's big montana is awesome Mm. um but you don't feel good about enjoying it that much after the fact that said uh i find with music the and this is true of food too actually and everything the best things just get better so it's not only that it raises up the shitty things to really enjoyable but that um it can it can put you in a in a purely altered state for even the most sublime works of uh, you know disc and table, um, and so uh, there's nothing wrong with it in the end. Yeah, I should say listen to good music when you're stoned, not exactly. bad music. I mean, yeah, bad music you'll either be like, oh god, this is a, such an incredible drag, or you will think it's better than it is. 
Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it turns out that I do enjoy having moves like Jagger when I'm stoned. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Paul, have you? do you really have – final question. Have you ever had listened to a song stoned and been like, this is fucking amazing, and then just been like, oh, my God, what was wrong with me? I definitely things were afterwards. I was like, well, this is just decent and not like the best ever. Um, I feel like I've done this with Ratatat or something. I don't know. Yes. Wow. That they said that that is the perfect band for it. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Um, I think think for me, something like um, uh, girl talk like yeah. listening to that great stone, example you're like oh my god he's, just, he's brought it all together yeah and then you're like when you're not stoned you're like no no there there's this this is this is fun but it's not deep yeah it's just like oh yeah he figured out how to do that it's clever um yeah there was a feature on girl talk on the ringer recently I forget who wrote it. It might have been my favorite, Rob Harvilla. But uh, it was a good article about um, how weird it feels to go back to his sort of like zany mashups now that uh, it feels like everything is maybe not actually a mashup, but everything feels very girl talk, but more so now uh, yes. in terms of pop art, effervescent pop art of the moment. So, uh Yeah. Yes, um, yes. He turned out to uh, be an early um, uh, hunter and tr- trophy hunter of of something that makes the internet tick. Absolutely. Okay, we are definitely rambling now, which is also something that makes the internet tick. So I say we sign off. What, what say you? Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I say that if you've enjoyed these two podcasts... You should give us five stars on iTunes. Whoop! Uh, what else should you do? Twitter, Savage Beast Pod, SavageBeastPod.com, SavageBeastPod at gmail.com. All those things are great. Please be our friend, and we'll yes. love you forever. Yes. Good night. Uh, now go get stoned. Good night. Absolutely.